0: Right around the corner. Raise your hand if you still got shopping to do. Come on, let me see you. You still got some shopping to do? All right. Better jump on it because if you don't jump on it soon, you're going to be stuck in that mob at the mall. Man, I drove by the mall today and I got nervous. Didn't even go in, just drove by. This <laughs> looks scary. People parking across the street, walking across the street to get to the mall. It's crazy. Let me just say this. This is just just free, okay? Free advice on Christmas shopping. Are you ready? Do not try to buy a gift that reflects how much you love that person. Don't try to do that. You love that person this much. There's no reason why you should put yourself into debt this much. They don't want you to do that. They do not want you to do that. Don't get sucked into that. All right? Do not get sucked into that. The gifts that, that you love the most, they love the most too. And do you know what those gifts are? They're personal gifts that required a lot of thought. Now, the men in this room, I'd rather just go and dead. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we all like right those are the thoughts that we like the most thoughts that required a lot of thought a lot of uh, uh, energy went into that gift and the expensive gifts are not necessary Is, can someone say that's good preaching right there it's good preaching I don't know about you, but when I get a gift from my kids or from my wife, I I open it up and I think about how much it was right away. That's not good, is it? All right, before I dig a hole, let's open the Word of God. I've got a good message for you. I've got a Christmas message for you. The title of the Christmas message is called, Jesus Gets Involved. Jesus Gets Involved. Let me pray. Father, I love you. They love you. We all love you. We are, this entire season, we're celebrating you. I pray that your Holy Spirit would cause your word to be living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, piercing between the bone and the marrow, convicting the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, let something supernatural take place in our soul as we read your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's read Matthew chapter 1. Uh, I'm going to read Matthew chapter 1. I think it's verse 18. I'm not sure. Uh, Let's see here. I'm only going to read one verse. I just want to make sure that it's verse 18. Let's see here. Yes, it is. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. Ready. Are you guys ready? ready? All right. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. Let's stop right there. This is how Jesus, the Messiah. Stop and think about that. Let me put it in these words. This is how God came out of heaven. This is the story about how God came out of heaven and came into our planet. Isn't that cool? I love the Bible so much. This is a story about how God looked at the earth and said, I'm going to go in that earth. I'm going to step out of heaven and step into earth. I am going to walk around with these people. Isn't that wild? My, he made you. He made us. He's saying, I want to walk around. I want to live like they live. I'm going to eat what they eat. I'm going to step into their world I want to know what they feel first hand the Bible says that he knows all that we have been through he knows it he's been there those of you that have ever been through a tough season isn't it frustrating when somebody looks at you and go girlfriend I know what you mean and you're like no you don't you, you don't know what I mean but Jesus can say I have been on earth I know what it feels like and according to many theologians he knows what it feels like to sit at a bedside as a teenager and hold the hand of his father as he died way too young he experienced things that you and i experience today he knows what it feels like to be a part of a family with a single mother and at least five other brothers and sisters he knows what that feels like to have to stretch a dollar he knows what it feels like to stay home longer people were getting married at 13 14 15 years old he knows what it feels like to stay home till he's 30 years old maybe just to help out with the finances he knows what that feels like this is the story about how God came out of heaven And stepped on the dusty streets of this world. Let's keep on reading. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place while she was still a virgin. She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only part I want to talk about. I just want to talk about that one verse. I want to talk about what happens when God begins to get involved. What happens when God looks down at the earth and says, Here I come. What happens? What should we expect when we say, I I need you, I want you? And he says, today's the day. See, sometimes you'll go through a chunk of days where you're battling, where your faith is being stretched, and God hasn't gotten involved yet, even though he's heard your prayer. This happened with Daniel. He prayed for 21 days. God did nothing. And all of a sudden, an angel showed up. We don't know how long our 21 days are. It might be 21, might be 14, might be 3. But when God shows up, certain things happen. The first thing that happens is that there's always an interruption. Things get interrupted. Here, Mary is planning a wedding. Now, when you think about how much goes into a wedding, raise your hand, ladies, if you've ever been married before, uh, just raise your hand. Months go into this. Men can go down to Vegas and stand in front of Elvis and call it a day. Women... They've got cards, they've got invitations, the invitations have envelopes, and those invitations with envelopes have envelopes for the envelopes. (laughs) It's stuffed into things. There's stickers, there's bows on the envelopes. We haven't even gotten to the wedding yet. It takes weeks to pick out a dress. Do you know there are shows on TV where you sit down and you watch the show and the whole show is just about somebody picking out a wedding dress? Raise your hand if you've seen that show. Can you believe it? Raise your hand if you like that show. Look at that. Weddings are a big deal. My daughter TiVo's that show, she's 11. I am gonna get broke in half when it's her day. I'm gonna say, you know, Elvis was awesome. Yeah. Presley. <laughs> it was before you were born, but he was awesome. Uh are you sure you don't want to go to Vegas and just do it in like 10, 15 minutes in and out. But no, no, no. We got the invitations, we got to figure out what we're gonna wear, where it's gonna be, you start planning it months in advance, and then all of a sudden while mary is doing all of this planning joseph is on the the guy that she's supposed to marry he uh, he's on he's on operation honeymoon you uh, men know what operation honeymoon is right men raise your hand you know exactly what i'm talking about that's when you go get the membership at the gym because you're going to go on the honeymoon and you want to represent right? You want to, you know, hey, look, I can't promise what I'm going to look like for the next 40 years, but that first four days, I'm going to be looking good. Operation Honeymoon, <laughs> doing setup, setup. up There's a lot going on. Think about everything that's going on. There's excitement going on. Staying up at night with their girlfriends, picking out, going through magazines, picking out dresses. Everything's going on. And then God says, I am about to get involved in your life. You have to be very careful. When you say, Lord, I want more of you. Because God does not show up and say, what are your plans? Oh, that I may bless your plans. No, 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 no. There is a, a, some of you might be thinking, God gives you the desires of your heart. Well, if God gives me the desires of your heart, he wants to know my plan so he can bless it. Let me just tell you what that scripture could mean. Brother Dwayne, why don't you come on up here real quick. Let's just say that this key is desires. This is desires, okay? I'm God. I have this key. It's desires. And I'm going to give this desire to Dwayne. And he's going to put it in his heart. I gave him the desires of his heart. It is not Dwayne saying, these are my desires, now make them happen. No, 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 no. So you go off and invite God into your life. Get ready for an interruption because he gives you the desires of your heart. We know that's true because before you're in relationship with God, you have some desires. After you're in relationship with God, all of a sudden you don't have those desires anymore. You have new desires. You take Peter, uh, thank you very much. You can go ahead and say thank you, Brother Dwayne. You take Peter, whose desires were to be a fisherman and to have a big fishing company. He spends a moment with Jesus and all of a sudden he doesn't care about fish anymore. Now he just cares about preaching. He gives you the desires of your heart. So let me ask you, on this Christmas, are you sure you want Jesus? Because he is going to interrupt you. Every single time he steps into your life. And if he steps into your life every day. And what I mean by that, where he's active, he's always with you, but stepping into the situation, whenever I'm with my uh, in-laws and uh, if there's a serious discussion taking place at the table, I stay quiet because at that point, I realize I'm not blood. So I let my wife talk to her dad and her mom or stepmom and the brother, I let them talk and I realize I am a part of the family, but i'm not blood let's Let me let them work this out so there's a difference between being present and piping up and getting involved in the situation. God is always present, but when you look to the Lord and you say, "I want you to be involved," see a lot of people don't pray because they feel like well god well, why pray well He's already here. He already knows what I want. Yes. But do you want him involved? If you want him involved, invite him. That's called prayer. You have to invite him. He's sitting at the table. He's sitting in your heart. He's in the situation. But do you want him active in the situation? Before you pray that prayer, just know this, there will be an interruption right away. What will be interrupted? Your plans will be interrupted. Whatever your plans were, I can guarantee you, God's ways are not our ways. They're above our ways. So he's going to interrupt our plans and our ways. That's not the way I wanted it. There's nothing more frustrating than me praying about a situation, a conflict that I have with somebody. And all of a sudden, I feel impressed that I need to apologize. And I'm like, God... I said I need you to fix the situation. I didn't tell you that I wanted to apologize. And now the more I pray about it, the more I need to apologize. And like, that's not, that's not where I was going with this. I was trying to point out how big of a jerk that person is being. Let's talk about them. I don't want to talk about me. Are you with me? When God gets involved, He interrupts our plans. He interrupts our feelings. He interrupts. He begins to introduce to us a way of doing things that is divine. And in those moments, we have a split second decision. And you know when they come, they come right in here. They come right in here. It's just, it's ever so faint. And you have to decide if you're going to do it, if you're going to say it, if you're going to stop doing it, if you're going to start doing it. Do you want them involved? Because Christmas is all about interrupting. Have you ever noticed that in the morning when children want to open up presents and you go, hey, 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 put the presents down. Let's pray and thank Jesus for Christmas. God interrupts. It's Christmas season. We're okay with Christmas. But Starbucks is going to take Christmas off the cups because Jesus is interrupting the festivities. He's always interrupting. And some people are okay with the interruption. And other people are not. But make no mistake, he's interrupting the situation. Has anyone here ever been interrupted before? Are you with me? All right, then the next thing that takes place in that scripture is it says that she was still a virgin. So first of all, the first thing that happens when God gets involved is that there's an interruption. The second thing that we have to note here is that he is attracted to holiness. He's attracted to it. Now, I was thinking about this when I put this sermon together. I said they're engaged. They're teenagers. That means they've already been dating for a while. You see where I'm going to go with this one. If you've been dating for a long time, and you've been dating for so long that now you feel that you're ready to marry that person, let's all have a real honest moment. All the teenagers are in the other room. Some of them are. I see some teenagers in here, but I'm just going to tell you now, they're talking about a lot worse than we're about to at the lunchroom, just telling you. So here's the thing. If you got teenagers that have been dating for a long time. And all of a sudden the angel finds it so important to say. She's still a virgin. Wow. Maybe it was rare back then too. For people to date a long time. Love each other a long time. But they're not married yet. So they decide, I'm not going to have sex before I get married. Now, I feel the room very tense right now because percentages say that most people in this room did not wait. But we're not talking about everything that's happened in the past. What we're talking about is this moment forward. Because everything that's happened in the past, most of it, God can't even remember. And since he's in our presence, let's talk about things that he does remember. Because anything that you've asked forgiveness for has been thrown as far as the east is from the west, and he doesn't even remember it. And because I want him to be a part of every word that comes out of my mouth, I need to talk about things that he does remember. Are you with me? So, because he is attracted to holiness, and because it is so rare Mary was identified. I wonder. I'm just wondering here. If she was the only virgin around. What if. Just what if. That were to happen today. I don't think it'd be that easy. I'm just saying. Holiness. Is a battle. If you want to take notes. Write that down. Holiness is is a battle. And a lot of people lose that battle and they feel like that's not a big deal. It is a big deal. Holiness is a big deal. Watch this. Let me read it to you. Are you guys ready? You guys ready to do a little bit of reading? Because when Jesus shows up, he looks for holiness. Now, for those of us who are married in this room, just keep in mind, their holiness (laughs) comes in many different forms. All right? Watch this. 2 Timothy 2, verse 19 reads like this. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone. With this inscription, The Lord knows who are His, and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. In a wealthy home, watch this. This is so cool. Some utensils are made of gold and silver and some of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. If your life is clean and you will be ready For the master to use you for every good work. Here's the billion dollar question What kind of assignments from God do you want? What kind of assignments do you want? Do you want special assignments? Well, if you want special assignments that are rare, rare assignments, special assignments. Those are only for pure people. People who are hungering, thirsting, and striving for righteousness. I was talking to our staff the other night. We were having a Christmas dinner. And uh, I, I looked at Isaiah and Jessica. And there was a, another worship leader there that's married to somebody that's on our staff. And, but they go to another church. And I said, Did you, have you ever noticed there's like 40 songs that were written like 50 years ago that we still sing today? have you noticed it and I asked the team and the team were like yeah yeah we noticed that I said you know God just put his hand on that song but thousands millions of songs have been written since those 40 songs and even today songs are being written every single day thousands of worship songs were probably written today you got kids in worship school right now at 17 years old writing worship songs So what separates one worship song from another? One is special use. That song is for special use. These songs, these other billion songs, well, those are traditional use, common use. Yes, I'm gonna use them, they're common use. But these songs, these songs are for special use. See, if you have wooden or clay utensils, wooden or clay utensils are used for common use. But your china, your silver, you only take that out for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. That's for special use. I don't know about you, but I want to be used for something special. I want to be used for something special I want to hear the special voice of God and I want to be able to share a special message at a special time with a special person on my lunch break in the hallway in the restroom at the mall at Dillard's and when I'm checking out my food I want to look at the person at Kroger's and just say uh, one sentence that's a timely word at a perfect time I want a special gift a special purpose and let me just tell you those Those gifts according to what we just read are reserved for the holy people that have set themselves apart. They set themselves apart. It's very interesting to me that God uses the people who have set themselves apart. I've set myself apart. God didn't make me no, my preacher didn't make me. My mom didn't make me. I'm setting myself. I won't say that. I won't do that. I, I'm setting myself apart. Why do you do that? Because I set myself apart. God sets the people apart who first set themselves apart. Oh, no. good. Amen. Good. Amen. Let's keep on reading. Run from anything. That stimulates youthful lust. This is 2 Timothy chapter two verse twenty-two. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, peace. Let's say it the way. uh, uh, Let's let's use what that. uh, Let's take the comma out and kind of set it as say it as its own sentence. Pursue righteous living. Pursue faithfulness. Pursue, pursue. Go get faithful. Go become faithful. Go, go stir up love. Go feel peace. Cultivate peace. You know what the Bible says? Blessed are the peacemakers. In other words, it's not peaceful right here. We're about it's about to become peaceful right now. It's, it's not peacekeepers. It's not what the Bible says. Peacekeepers. Peacekeepers are often spineless. They don't say anything, they stay quiet. They don't want to ruffle the feathers. No, 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 no peacekeepers. It's peacemakers. It's like, hey, we're not gonna have this in the house. We're not gonna talk like this around here. You don't talk to him like that. You don't talk to her like that. And I'm sorry for talking to you like that. I just want to say this. I feel the Holy Spirit right now. You can't tell people how to talk to each other if the way you talk is not at that standard. Are you with me? So, I didn't anticipate the Holy Spirit being here this thick tonight. That's why we come on Wednesdays. Somebody say amen to that. It says this, again I say, don't get involved in foolish arguments that only starts fights. Sometimes we'll be talking to people and we've just got to say to ourselves, you're going to argue with that wall if I weren't here. Some people are just anointed to be annoying. That's not in the Bible, but it could be. If you write it in the margin, it is anointed to be annoying and you just got to recognize that and say you're not going to suck me in to you're crazy you go be crazy by yourself i love you jesus loves you i'll see you in heaven but there's there's something called divine breakups <laughs> we're breaking up right here A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Now that's in the Bible. If you want to put arrows and people's name around difficult people, that's okay. At least it'll be very practical to you. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Don't argue with them. Don't fuss with them. Perhaps... God will change those people's hearts. Notice it doesn't say perhaps you will change their heart. It doesn't say perhaps the pe- the preacher will change their heart. It doesn't say perhaps the grandmother and the family that can pray the house down. It doesn't say that she will change their heart. So don't put any pressure on anybody, including yourself. The only one who can change a heart is God. That's why we pray, because we're not praying to make ourselves more impacting. We're praying that his Holy Spirit will come down like a waterfall right onto their hearts. Are you with me? Just dump yourself. Just Have you ever done a belly flop in the pool? Just belly flop on them. (laughs) You don't have to pray like that if you don't want to, but you got my point. Verse 26, then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. See, the devil, when he is getting somebody to do whatever they want, they are thinking they are doing whatever they want. So, after holiness, there's an impartation that takes place. So, first of all, God interrupts things. He interrupts holy people because he's so attracted to them. But when he gets in their life, he does something very, very, very special. And this is why I pray. Everybody has a personal reason why they pray. This is why I pray. Because there's an impartation moment. It says that she became pregnant through the Holy Spirit. So something got put inside of her. That in nine months is coming out of her. And is going to bless everyone. Watch this. Something got put inside of her that is going to come out in nine months and bless everybody. There's a reason why we stay holy. There's a reason why we pray. I don't know about you, but I want something to be put inside of me, and it may be six months, nine months, ten years. I don't know. I don't know what the incubation process is going to be for my particular gift. It was nine months for Mary. It could be nine days. It could be nine years for me. I don't know. I'm good with whatever you want to do. But put something in me. I want to live my life for you, God. Put something in me and let it come out and bless people. That's why we pray. Is there anyone here that is not enamored with the set of gifts that you have? I'm one. I'm not very enamored with the set of gifts that I have. I'm appreciative that God gave me the gifts. I'm so appreciative. But I don't know about you. I want more. Is there anyone here that wants more? I want more. I want more. And, and here's the thing. I. I I don't mind working hard. I don't mind putting in effort. I don't mind putting in time. But the divine things don't come from effort and work and time. It comes from the Holy Spirit that gets put inside of her. That requires praying, that requires being holy, that requires pursuing holiness, pursuing faithfulness, pursuing God, and then something gets put in them. See, a lot of times when you're not enamored with what you have, you can just be grumpy and mad for years and years because you're looking at what everybody else has. Who cares about what everybody else has? If you don't like what you have, you have not because you There we go. Call it in. There's a good old song. I used to grow it up. Just call them up, call them up, tell them what you want. Anyone know that song? Just call them up, call them up, tell them what you want. Jesus on the main line, tell them what you want. Jesus on the main line, tell them what you Y'all don't know nothing about that. <laughs> Call them up. Tell them what you want. See, that's one of them old f- songs written 100 years ago. Jesus, it, it, I find it interesting that he picked that one. <laughs> Call me. Call me. That's back when they had those phones like this. he called call me. <laughs> Pray for me. That's really that's the end of my notes right there. I don't have anything else. Why don't you stand up on your feet, will you? Well, there was one more thing that was on my notes. I wrote it with a pen right at the last second while I was sitting on the front row. I was thinking about how the Holy Spirit put that seed inside of her and now she's pregnant. And I was thinking about when my wife got pregnant those four times, and we only have three, but she lost one. There was such a... um, our our whole life changed and she didn't even have the baby yet because now she can't eat certain things. She can't drink certain things. She's supposed to eat a lot of certain things, supposed to drink a lot of certain things, supposed to take this prenatal pill and her hair started growing real thick. I was like, hand some over. <laughs> <laughs> but prenatal pills had to take all this stuff she, she had to really like be careful when she's running and walking and all and run, working out and all that other kind of stuff her whole life changed her whole behavior and pattern changed all because she's got this baby inside of her now she didn't have to change her behavior she didn't have to She chose to because those decisions were best to develop this. So the Holy Spirit put the seed in Mary, but it was Mary's job to protect it, to cultivate it. It was Mary's job to develop it. It was Mary's job and once she actually had the baby oh my goodness nurse it teach it to walk see God never gives you anything in it's perfect form he always gives you something that needs you to make it into it's perfect form you gotta take it Protect it. Make some lifestyle choices to develop it. See, some of you in this room, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about some lifestyle choices. And I'm not going to go down a list because I don't need to. He's already spoken to you. You know exactly what it is. I just want to say it's Christmas. Maybe that's your gift. That's your gift to Jesus to make that choice.